Welcome to the Social Witnessing Podcast, observing the world from a nice, safe distance. Hi, um, welcome to episode two of Social Witnessing, and today we have Bethany on the line. Hi, Hi Bethany. Bethany. Hi. How's it going? Uh, it's okay. How are you guys? Yeah, good. 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 Um, so parent life here uh did did your daughter end up going to bed no no no. she is still being oh she's still trying to get out of her bed (laughs) so i'm watching her on the monitor (laughs) um how old is she now oh gosh what's the date today she's almost 20 months now so yeah the resistance begins yeah the resistance it doesn't help when you have a three-hour nap that takes you to four o'clock. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I know it's the same. It's the same on our end. Today was a nap day, and then bedtime was semi-horrible. <laughs> it's pretty tough, but I don't know. I think with like staying inside so much, it's tough to not nap sometimes <laughs> on a weekend. Oh, I needed to nap today. I was like, and she didn't nap well yesterday, so I was like, oh. I'm going to nap with you today. And then it just turned into a saga. So, oh, well, what are you yeah. going to do? Yeah, exactly. What, what's it been like staying at home? And I know you've just recently uh, not gone into work. Is that right? No, she's, Bethany's still going to work. Oh, she's still going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you'd even, fortunately, not unfortunately, but I guess it's like just reality is that um, my job and Adam's jobs have both been defined as essential services. Right. And um, part of my job right now, though, is I'm also on the um, emergency operations center for our regional district. So every other day I'm in um, basically it's so weird. It's like a we like, a, I don't know, when you come together and you're like, OK, we're planning. Usually it's for wildfires and stuff, but now it's for the pandemic. And it's just trying to organize people in such a manner and provide information to the entire organization about how we can function going forward. It's really weird. So, um, Bethany, what is what is your current role right now? Uh, so recently I became the manager of financial systems. Uh, I My role was split in two because it was too big. So I'm now, I am watching over or I guess managing and the uh, $800 million sewage treatment plant project that we're implementing here in Victoria. And then I'm also um, managing all of the systems projects we have ongoing with improvements to ensure that, you know, we keep our financial reporting up to date. Right. So, yeah, I can see why I was um, actually on the website today. I'm not sure if everyone else got a call from the premier today, but it was... Um, just like thanking everyone to stay for staying in and thanking everyone who had to go out. And then it just directed you to their website because I think they've made a few updates to um, the changes like the assistance and things that will come out later uh, this month for people. But one of them, mm-hmm. when I was reading the essential services was like water, sewage, utilities. And I was, and I was thinking, that's why Bethany has to go to work. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, because we provide um, as a regional district, we provide all of the water to the region. And then we also provide all of the sewage. Right. I wonder too, in, in uh, like, I'm sure in 
in Vancouver as well, but I wonder in Victoria what the like local governments are doing for those people that like now find themselves like housing insecure and maybe had the resources they need before but now like even if they wanted to apply for like the grants and and um other sort of ei um programs available you now find your, yourself without that housing security and so how are you accessing these services when you know you, you're struggling just to find a place to stay do you know Absolutely. do you know what they're yeah. doing in your area so I know a few things like um, one. It, so they have opened one of the parks and they are providing people with tents, but I don't know about access to money or to apply for grants or any of that. Um, and one of the other things that's happening and it's unfortunate because I'm kind of sorry in one of those situations where I don't know what I can say and what I can't say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know what's public and what's not. Um, but definitely BC housing has been in touch with um, all of the local governments and everybody trying to figure out what facilities are available and what can be used to help house these people. Right. So every local government um, is trying to find the best solution to help so but there's definitely facilities from my work that have been approached by bc housing and they're looking at using them as um, places to house people and what is the the term and who's actually going to manage it at the time and there's all these things happening so right. definitely i think that local government is doing the best that they can right and so how are you feeling about like even now i know you've struggled with the back and forth about whether your child should be in daycare or not and i was reading something on the um, bc government website today about you know if your child could should could stay home they should and that you shouldn't have to pay for your um, child care fees and then they would help support those child care centers during this time but I think you're in that unique situation where you both have to work so like how is it with her going to daycare and then also like what's your daycare doing to provide you some sort of assurance that she'll be safe so we kept her home for three weeks, trying to both of us to work from home. Um, and the turning point for me was definitely, uh, I was on the phone on a conference call and she fell and I wasn't watching her. So I felt so terrible. And I was like, what is better, you know, to have her have good care or to have me not paying attention. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. Um, you know, I'm in a situation where she should just go back to daycare because I can't stop working. I can't do it all. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to. And Adam is taking all his sick and vacation that he can, but he can't do every day. And his work isn't closing. It's actually like it hasn't slowed down very much. So um, so I contacted my daycare and I said, hey, I need to send Alexis back. You know, she's been gone for three weeks, but now it's time. And I, I don't know how long this is going to go on for. So um, what what's the situation? And they're like, yes, you can send her back. And they, but they're charging me the full price um, of sending her. And from what I know right now is that they were keeping everybody employed that they could with the wage subsidy, but they actually laid people off um, starting as of the 16th. Mm -hmm. And so if I had known that, I would have made different decisions, right? Yeah. Like some of her caregivers uh, are now looking for work or saying, hey, I would, I could come into your home and be just your nanny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, if I had known that, right? right. 
Um, but they definitely are making promises that the daycare is clean. And I know that they're very good at that. Like, it's not like a place that doesn't have outbreaks of stuff, doesn't know how to clean. Like I've seen what they've done before where we've had outbreaks of hand, foot, and mouth and lice and et cetera. Mm-hmm. Right. So I know they have the, the methodology in place to ensure that they're clean. Yeah. And, and right now, and when I have, cause I have video and I can see her when she's at daycare, there's only three kids there they're in one room and there's three caregivers per so there's like one per kid basically yeah so they're trying and i but you know what's funny is the actual like um, manager of the daycare she suffers from some sort of immunodeficiency disease so she's working from home oh and i was like how is that fair I don't know in some ways to her workers well it must be but... it must be really difficult to be in a situation where the government is saying you have to go to work but at the same time they're not providing you with a way to kind of deal with that and I'm sure that's what most people who are uh, essential services are going through anybody with kids mm-hmm. exactly exactly <laughs> so true so just last on Thursday, um, the CAO of our local government sent out a letter to the union, right? Because most of the people that are continuing to work are union members or management. And it was all about how, okay, so now we have moved more than 300 employees to work from home. And for us, that's a very large portion of our employee population because we only have about 600 full-time people. Um, and so like 50% are at least working from home. And then they're also talking about the flexibility framework and, and it's all coming up because people don't have childcare. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Like all I can see is the work piling up in the future, but at the same time, it's like, okay, why well, are they starting to understand that, you know, this is a longer term thing. And every time I'm in the EOC, it's, hey, this isn't going to be done in two months. This isn't going to be done in three months. It's not going to be done in six months. It's probably around 18 months that we are going to have to, like, expand and contract based on, like, the fluxes and what's happening. So yeah. Right. So Trudeau just came out and said that it's going to be at least a year and more like, like that number you gave, 18 months. And that we, mm-hmm. we, might, yeah. we might have, like, now we're going kind of through the spike and that there might be a bit of a lull sometime near the end of summer, but that they expect it to come back kind of stronger another wave next time. And so are you getting any kind of, I don't know, maybe in your own research or feedback that you're getting from anyone, like, are they preparing for a longer term? Like, are they, do you see like they're starting to, to think about what are longer term solutions or is just everything up in the air still? No, definitely longer term. So we had a budget pass on Wednesday last week because we said this is not ending tomorrow. This isn't ending June 30th. This isn't ending in the summer. It's we need to staff this emergency operations center for our local service area, like our local electoral areas where we are the municipality. And we need to ensure that people are going to um, understand that we're going to be able to provide water and continue to work on the sewage treatment plant, even though this could take 18 months Mm -hmm. to find, you know, a vaccine or whatever, whatever the research is out there. But yeah, it's all about how do we work 
going forward, ensuring that, okay, so this has happened, but we know that it's going to get a little bit better, but it's always going to, there's always the opportunity that's going to get worse. Yeah. So who are the people? And it's like, it's all about contingency planning right now. So I think everybody's eyes are forward right now about like, okay, well, what capital projects can we, do we have to put aside and how do we move forward and how do we ensure that we keep as many people employed as we possibly can, but also ensuring that we're not spending too much people's money, right? right? Yeah. Like it's, it's always like a give and take, right? Like if people don't pay their taxes and then how do you keep people employed? Is government's one of those weird 360s. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's also going to be a challenge and I'm interested to see how businesses deal with all the uh, parents of children who are in school. So like we've spoken about this before, but one of the challenges we're facing is that like our son is in grade one. And so we don't have alternative alternate childcare and we don't have any options. So basically we're, we're both working from home now and struggling to get through a work day because we have to alternate watching him. And right now, you is taking the biggest sacrifice because I'm in a lot of meetings during the day. But I'm just wondering, like, long-term plan, like how businesses are going to cope when, I don't know percentage-wise what percentage of a workforce we make up, but I think it would be pretty high, especially in our, in our age group. But yeah, like, how are they going to deal with the fact that people maybe can't work full-time? Yeah, so that's come up at my work a lot about um, the, so that's what we're calling the flexibility framework is like, maybe people have to just work. Um, we call it like a a moderated work schedule where you're like a 70% or a 50% or, and then your pay would fluctuate along mm-hmm. with that, right? So people might have to take a, hey, I can't do that because I can only work five hours a day and I have to do those hours which is a, an adjusted work schedule, which would be, hey, I can only work from 5 to 10 at right. night because during the day I have to educate my child. And the problem with that is that, especially in a place like Vancouver or Victoria, where it's fairly expensive uh, compared to the rest of the country, is that people, most people need their full hours. They can't afford to just stay home. It's not, it's not just a flexibility, but it's also a financial problem. Oh, I totally mm-hmm. agree. Absolutely. And that's the thing is like right now, the people that are, that are employed are trying to hang on to their jobs as best they can. Right. And so it's like, are we going to just, but I mean, I don't know if you guys have done the research or read all this, but like there hasn't been this much unemployment since the great recession. Yeah. So basically we are in another depression or we're putting ourselves into one and whether or not the government can sustain it long-term is is to be seen yeah I think and I think a lot of that unemployment is also like not only from businesses closing it's also stemming from childcare issues because I know even with my sister that's how like although part of her unemployment came from just the industry she was in the other part stemmed from childcare and not having childcare anymore same situation her child her child is in uh, kindergarten and yeah without childcare how do you work and I think her work did the best to accommodate her as they could. But in the end, it just didn't, it just wasn't sustainable. So again, that's like someone who's willing to work and would have found a way, but just like not all businesses will be able to adapt to a flexible work schedule. So Of course, yeah. So yeah. I guess kind of, it's been a little doom and gloom, I guess, our little conversation here a little bit. So maybe before we go, maybe like, what are, 
the, the positive things that you're seeing or feeling or you're experiencing and like, how, where do you get your optimism from looking forward? That's a really good question. <laughs> um, well, I think I, I've told both of you that we purchased mm -hmm. a house, um, which is like turning out to be the worst time in my life to ever yeah. buy a house. <laughs> I never thought it would happen. And now it's happening at the worst time in the world. No, I'm just kidding. That we've experienced so far in our lives, probably. Um, but I'm really looking forward to the day when Alexis can just run in a backyard, our backyard. Yeah. I think we feel the same way. Like, especially now more than ever, you just like have this desire for outdoor space, <laughs> for space even. Yeah. 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 And like, I just keep thinking about like the swing set that's there and just like the fact that it's fully fenced and um, yeah. So I think that's kind of keeping me going and definitely hasn't helped me pack, yeah. but <laughs> I spent an hour today sanitizing her old high chair to donate to a friend of ours not donate yeah. but like give to a friend who's expecting and I dropped it off and we did the social distancing thing while I was dropping it off and everything um but it's just one more move towards us getting there to that bigger space so that she's she just if we can like and and also I'm looking to that as an opportunity to maybe keep her home right like Maybe in a month when we are there, like I'll be able to hire one of the caregivers and they can just come and nanny her or my mom can come and stay for a longer time period. I don't know. It just like there's a lot more opportunities that are opening up for us in the next little while if we do make the move. So, so, so yeah, I'm really hopeful. Yeah, I hope so too. I hope like I really, I really hope it all yeah. works out and you guys get into your space and like, is it still like, as far as you know, your movers haven't canceled? So movers, um, Charlie, of course, mm -hmm. you know, my stepdad he is the research king. He did the research and found out that they're actually designated essential. That's funny. Well. I saw that storage was designated as essential service as well. And I was like, oh, well, I guess yeah. you can put yourself in storage <laughs> if anything. Yeah. The only thing that's a little bit scary that came out of it is that Adam kind of got some cryptic message from them last week that there's some sort of updated information. But I guess we'll just wait and see what that is. Um, but I mean, the conditions have come off, like everything's in place. So hopefully nothing crazy happens. Maybe they need a few days. Like I completely understand this is an unusual circumstances to have to move out of your house and all that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, uh, like, I, I think it will all work out. I'm just, I have, I have faith. I have faith it's going to work out. It's such a big, like, yeah, me too. Yeah, it's such a big change in your life. It'll, it'll all sort itself out. And then yeah. I think. Yeah, it's the same. It'll open up a lot of opportunity for you to look into alternative childcare that you like maybe. Yeah, exactly. Even if it's just your mom coming down for a while. So you can at least take some breaks um, from having to ha have to having to send yeah. her. Um, besides that, is there anything yeah. like just for you? Is there anything that you do just to keep yourself positive? Are there like any small parts of your day where it's like that's that's still normal? That's still our regular sort of uh, behavior or ritual that's kind of keeping you going? <laughs> I was just going to say coffee. <laughs> Coffee's like my one <laughs> making my coffee. Making coffee in the morning. I swear. Like I, I even prepping it at night, I'm just always like, Oh, yeah. that'll just be nice. That'll just be, that'll just be one of those regular things that we can do and just be happy about. Yeah. It's like that enjoy. small comfort. 
that we still have. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we can close with this as like someone who is an essential service worker and uh, who's kind of still out there on the front lines. Do you have anything, you know, inspiring or motivating for anybody, people who are stuck at home who are doing the social distancing, or maybe it's not even stuck, but get to be at home? I'm sure that, feel, that, that yeah. feels like uh, that to you a yeah. lot of the time <laughs> and to most of the essential service workers. But um, I don't know, people are probably looking for, for some hope or some even a little bit of glimmer of light. So do you have anything for those people? Well, what you're doing is saving lives. Like what you're doing is helping all of us, right? Like anybody who has to be out there, like the one less person you have to worry about touching a, a thing you have to touch. Like, honestly, the thing that worries me every day is the fact that I have to wear a, a pass card code thing around my neck. And I'm like, oh, how yeah. dirty is that? <laughs> but the fact that there's like 70% less people in my building. Right. And all of those less people touching things and um, like you guys staying at home is helping all of us so much. Like I just, I really appreciate people staying at home that can. Um, And I hope people understand that the ones that can't, right? Definitely. So I hope, I hope it all resolves like not resolves, but like we all know it's a, it's it's gonna be a yeah. couple it's gonna be a while. But hopefully the sacrifices we're making today will result in a couple of months. Yeah, I hope so too. And um I wanna say thank yeah. you. Thank you for taking the time to call in today. This has definitely been, you know, I, I think uh there's a, a level of loneliness that comes with self isolating and like that wonder about what it's like for people out, out there in the world. Uh, I know Yaniv and Parker haven't left the house at all. I've gone out a couple times to get groceries, but they literally have not left the house. So this is definitely a way for us to reach out and continue connecting with the people that we love and the people that we really, really miss. So, yeah, thank you. I know it's it's late and thank you for taking the time to sit and chat with us for a bit. Miss you too. Love you too. Okay, have a good night. Okay, bye. Bye.